it's a lot of work, but it feels so good at the end of the day to, because you know what it's like when you run through a trail that hasn't been maintained well and you're getting, um, you know, like hit in the face with, with right. um, you know, branches, or if it's not well marked, you're getting lost. And I mean, it. so, you know, being a part of being able to help take care of the trail in that way felt like, it just felt so great. So I knew it was something I wanted to do. You're listening to the Sasquad Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview on Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. We sat down with ultra runner Jessica Semeo to talk all things trail running and volunteering. Jess is an active volunteer trail maintainer with the New York, New Jersey Trail Conference. So sit back and relax or grab a maple bacon donut and hit the trails and enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at the Unicorn Hotline, the only number to call when you're a runner in need of assistance. Hi, my name is Susie Unicorn, and I'm one of the many unicorns on staff ready to take the calls of runners in need of assistance all around the world. We have runners calling in for a variety of reasons. We mostly receive calls from runners in distress about to make terrible life decisions. Let's listen in to one of the most recent calls that I answered. Uh, hello? Is this the Unicorn Hotline? Hello, and thank you for calling the Unicorn Hotline. Please press 1 if you're considering running pavement. Press 2 if you're about to do something new on race day. For chair, press 3. For assistance with all other bad decisions, press 0. For immediate assistance, please refer to your Mama Beck app. You've pressed number 2. What new item are you considering trying on race day? Well, I... I'll stop you right there. I don't need to know what new item it is. Don't do it. Thank you for calling the Unicorn Hotline. Have a trail magical day. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Sasquatch Trail Runners Run Venture Facebook Live series for 2021. My name is Kim Levinsky, and I am the owner and race director for Sasquatch Trail Runners in New Jersey. Tonight, we are joined by ultra runner Jessica Semeo to talk all things trail running and volunteering. So before we give Jess her squatchy introduction, I'm going to share a few updates on what's happening here at Sasquatch Trail Running. So this weekend, we have our annual Squatchy Onesie Fest 5K Marathon. That's this Saturday, February 6th at the Ramapo Valley County Reservation in Mawa, New Jersey. Yes, you heard that right. It is the Onesie Fest. So back for its second year, the Onesie Fest is perhaps the wildest race in our series. It's exactly as it sounds. You're going to come sporting your favorite onesie and run or hike the 5K. So as you can imagine, yes, there is a lot of snow on the trails right now after the storm that we just had. I was over at the race course today. I had some snowshoes on. I was just trying to pack down the snow. We put a call out on social media to invite other snowshoers to head over to the course and pack that snow down for you guys. So you can thank them because I know there are definitely some folks going out tomorrow and Friday. So if you're interested in doing that, it's just the loop that goes around Scarlet Oak Pond at the Ramapo Reservation. So I'm sure everyone will be very grateful if you head out there. So right now we have waves starting at 10 a.m., 11.30 a.m., and 1 p.m. 
the 10 and 11.30 a.m. spots are all sold out, but we do have about 12, 13 spots left for the one o'clock start time, which you can register for that on ultrasignup.com. Um, and as always, we have partnered with a local nonprofit or charity. And for the Onesie Fest, we are supporting the New York, New Jersey Trail Conference. I've got my, my uh, quarter zip here tonight to support them because we're going to be chatting a lot about the trail conference tonight with Jess. So also coming up in February, which is another fundraiser for the trail conference, we are headed to the Wanakue Trail Systems in Ringwood, which is actually the same spot where the Ramapo Reservation is. This is for our Run Venture series. We just launched this new series in January. For January, we were over at the trails at the Delaware Water Gap. And for February, we're going to Ringwood. So what it is, it's a semi-virtual event. You sign up for it on ultrasignum.com. We have several different race courses for you to choose from. We give you the detailed course description. We give you the GPX file, and then you get out on your own sometime during the month to complete the loop. You can run it, you can hike it, and then you can, if you'd like, you can submit your time online for official results. So for Wanakue, we've got events ranging from 5K all the way up to 36 miles. So here's the rundown. We've got the Castle Ruins 5K, the Manor 10K, the Stonetown Circular 10-ish miles, the Highlands 15 and a half miler, and the Rambapo Ringwood 22 miler. And then finally the Beast, the 36 miler Wanakue Traverse. So this is a really neat trail system. It's personally one of my favorites. There's a lot of rugged remote, there's some runnable, lots of hiking, just really gnarly trails, but beautiful, absolutely beautiful trails. And as some of the names indicate, there are some really cool historical features along the way. So if you're looking for something fun to do, again, family friendly as well, hop on ultrasign.com or go to our website, sasquadtrailrunning.com to learn more about that. And all of our events are also on our website if you wanna check that out. So that about wraps it up for the Sasquad updates right now. So I'm gonna pull up my little notes for Jess. Okay, so the reason you're all here, Jessica, originally from Connecticut, Jess and her husband now live in Sussex County, New Jersey. Jess is a full-time occupational therapist and is a very accomplished ultra runner. She's finished some awesome events around the tri-state area and up and down the East Coast. Some of them include Tunnel Hill, World's End, Heiner's, Cat's Tail, Escarpment, Eastern States and Laurel Highlands, and not to mention several of our Squatchy events like the Double Squatch and the Squatchy on the uh, Ugly Sweater Full Moon Race. So Jess, if she's not towing the line racing, she can often be found behind the scenes volunteering. That's I think how we actually first met. She came to volunteer at the Midnight Squatchapalooza, and I have to mention that she was sporting a fantastic onesie at that race. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I'll give you the backstory. She was a part of the think tank that came up with the idea for the onesie fest. Um, I know that Jess had the onesie on. Virginia was there. She was wearing a onesie. I think it was like a flying squirrel. Yep. Uh, Joe Brandine. <laughs> Rick was there. I think Crystal Jackson. Yep. <laughs> Might have been a couple others, but that's where the uh, the big idea was thought of. Late in the wee hours of the night at the Midnight Squatch of Palooza. Um, so... I invited Jess on to the Facebook Live series podcast, B 
because she really represents the best parts of our trail running community. Obviously, I mentioned the races. She's a very competitive runner, but she's an active volunteer and trail maintainer around the tri-state area, specifically with the New York, New Jersey Trail Conference, which we are huge, huge supporters and we are partnered up with them. So Jess maintains the trails over at Mount Tammany and then also a couple trails at Northern Green State Forest. So tonight we're gonna chat with her about all things running, all things volunteering, and um, I'm so excited. Jess, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, Kim. I'm, I'm so honored, like truly, I mean, um, just, I really feel that, you know, in general, when Sasquad, you know, came about, I just feel like I found my trail community. So thank you so much for just establishing that. And really, you know, I've lived in New Jersey for, I don't know, 11 years now. And I feel like I finally like, you know, found my tribe of people once you, you kind of brought all, all this together. So, I mean, really, thank you so much. Really that, that warms my swatchy <laughs> heart. I love yes. that. And, and one of my favorite stories, actually, we can start with this. It's a good segue is at, I know at the midnight race, you and Virginia met yes. for the first time, right? Yes. yes. And you ended up, I think, crewing for each other. Is that, yes. that's the story? So, um, so actually at, um, I had signed up for um, Eastern States, which um, it's for, for people who don't know, it's a hundred mile race, hundred plus mile race in um, the Pennsylvania wilds. And it, it very much scared me because it's a, it's a, just a notoriously difficult course. And I had had someone who said that they were going to pace for me. And that night of your, your, the midnight Swatch Palooza, they had canceled on me. And I was just like, completely like, oh my gosh, I just, I need a pacer for this race. And yeah. Virginia, I had just met Virginia and, you know, I mean, we're wearing onesies together. We're making, <laughs> um, you know, pierogies, we're, we're doing the whole, you know, um, nine yards for, you know, that that aid station there. And, um, she was just like, she just opened, you know, her heart, like, I'll, I'll pace for you. No problem. I love that. Oh, it felt, it felt right. You know, cause she was, she's just a great person. And, um, she, she had the harder pacing. I had two people pacing me. She paced me overnight from like mile 60 to 80. And I, I had a hard time. The graveyard shift. <laughs> and she, she was, she was wonderful. Like she kept me going. She made sure I was eating and singing with me and just I mean it, it was a rough overnight but she got me through it and I was so so grateful because it's just you know a friend that you you make in just that short amount of time yeah I know Virginia if you're listening we miss you she's since moved out to Colorado that was a real loss for the east coast yeah, yeah. um so yeah that that warms my heart I love that so much stories like that are just the best yeah. That's, that really is what the trail running community is yeah. all about um so, oh, and I forgot to mention, Jess is also a huge Star Wars fan. So tonight, in honor of that, I have my Star Wars mug. She's got her Ray t-shirt. There we go. <laughs> I think is also one of the reasons we became quick friends. So yes. love a Star Wars fan. Um, so Jess, let's jump into, um, let's get your background on trail. Let's hear your trail story. How did you get into running and uh, what brought you to where you are today? I think I've always been a runner. Um, I just didn't know it was like a thing. I mean, growing up in Connecticut, I was always just in the woods playing, running around and that sort of a thing. But in middle school, um, I met a girl in gym class who was just doing these little like biometrics. And she's like, oh, I learned this in cross country. And I'm like, what's that? And she told me, oh, you know, we just, we run in the woods and it's really fun. You should do it. I'm like, oh, like that's a sport. And then, you know, from that moment, you know, from seventh grade on, I was in cross country and I, I did track one year, but I mean, 
it's running in circles, you know, I mean, I just had like, my heart, my heart and soul was in cross country. It was just, again, like um, an instant, you know, connection with the people that were runners and that sort of a thing. Mm. Um, You know, I mean, I ran casually throughout college, but it was just more, you know, into my, um, my major and just trying to get through grad school and through my boards and all of that. Um, And then I went into, you know, I always knew I wanted to do like a marathon and that sort of a thing. So, you know, you build up slowly each mile, each distance seems like it's a big deal, you know, like, oh my gosh, five miles, like that's really long, eight miles and then double digits. And then, (laughs) you know, you go through your, oh, I have to, I'm hungry. And now I have to find out what to eat. And then you try every goo that was ever made. And, you know, you go through that whole, you know, thing. And then totally. I, I ran some marathons, um, you know, I was, it was fun for a while, but again, I always knew I wanted to, to trail run. And when I was in grad school, I actually, I lived with my uncle um, during a clinical and we used to go on what we called rikes, which looking back was just trail running, but we would call them run hikes. Like we're right, it's, it's right. literally just trail running, but I had no, <laughs> I didn't know it was a thing, you know? And um, right. When I was running marathons, my coach, um, I, I got a coach, um, Shannon, if she's out there listening, she's a great coach. Um, and she was a trail and she's a very established trail and ultra runner too. Shannon McGinn, if anyone knows her. And, um, and you know, so she knew about trails and so she was kind of coaching me through it. And I remember right. my first my first trail run, like, you know, once I decided I'm gonna start trail running was like the worst week to do it ever um, when you know, like all of the leaves have just freshly fallen and it's just like, you know, the light yeah. is in your eyes. And I had chosen like these really just old trails actually in Ramapo, like the, <laughs> that, that there's that um, section kind of like near where the ski center used to be and the trails are just, oh yeah, I was getting lost. It was a rough like first trail, but I kept at it and I just started like, you know, okay, I would literally just take Google Maps and look at like, well, this is a park. And so then I would like go to the websites and look at the websites and, you know, just try to find out like, okay, where do these trails go? And yeah, you know, I just slowly started picking away at things and, um, you know, started to do some, my coach, she got me through like my first um, ultra, my first hundred miler. And then, um, and then, you know, I took a break from coaching just because we were saving for a house and all of that. And um, yeah, I just got really into the mountainous, like I just got more into the, let's take lots of pictures and, you know, swim in the lakes when we see the lakes and that's kind of, right, right. you know, take donuts on runs and just kind <laughs> of been like, it's, it's uh, just really enjoying all the time outdoors and meeting people and seeing new places and that kind of a thing. So um you know, obviously this year it's been a little slower. So it's been more about just seeing all the different parks that are in New Jersey and in the surrounding areas that are, that are close by and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I always, I mean, I could just, I always want to run. So it's just always been a thing. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Talk, talk to us about this past year. How is, I know 2020 has been a whirlwind for everybody. How has it been for you and your family and and running wise as well? How has that impacted you? Well, um, I mean, it's been, it's been tricky because my family, family, we all live in different places. So it's been hard not, not being able to see them, but, um, my husband and I have been, you know, getting creative with like staying home and (laughs) finding new things to do. Um, running wise, you know, it was a lot of just silly stuff that I think everyone, you know, did. Like I ran all the streets in my, I live in like a gated community and there's lots of like condos and townhouses and, Ooh, I wonder how many miles that will be. And, 
ended up being like over 30, um, but I had a <laughs> contest on Facebook, like asking people like, okay, whoever can, I remember that I'll bake you something. Um, so yeah. So my friend Kate, um, she guessed closest and everything, but you know, just silly stuff like that. I did a couple of your virtual races as well. And, you know, I, you, it's fun to do the, where you're your own, um, aid station, you know, your car, that kind of a thing. Um, you know, I did, I I posted on Sasquatch as well about my, um, it was a good learning experience where I went for the unsupported, um, FKT for the New Jersey Appalachian Trail. I mean, it was, it was tough, but it was a great learning experience. I don't regret it at all. Um, um, for those who don't know, I, I, I made it 60 of the <laughs> 72 miles or whatever it was, 64 miles, something like that. I was like about 10 miles from the end when I had to call it. It just um, a couple of <laughs> a couple of errors, um, such as, you know, um, pulling off to the side of the trail to use the facilities and then not finding the trail on the way back. This actually, oh, was- man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, all of the, a couple of things, you know, I mean, I think I was prepared, but just doing it by yourself is oof, yeah. tough. Um, and, and one of my friends was, was going to do it with me, but she just got sick that week. So, you know, well, I'm sure we'll, we'll find a way to, to try it again. I don't want to say her name in case uh, she wants to keep it under wraps. So <laughs> totally, totally. Well, the conditions were tough too. Cause I went out and met you and I, I had hiked maybe a mile or so, and then came back. I mean, it yeah. was probably three inches deep of leaves. Cause it was like yeah. the height of like all the, like literally every leaf had fallen from the trees. Yeah. Uh, the thinking was like, oh, I had just run Laurel Highland. So I was like trained for, to run that mileage, right? Because Laurel Highlands is like 70 and a half miles. But yeah, it was just like, it was very dry conditions too. So like filtering water took forever. It took like 30 minutes to filter. Like, uh, oh, okay. I mean, it was, you know, it just a lot more time uh, than I thought. So, you know, gonna have to think about the conditions a little more. Um, but yeah, I've been like, I've been trying to, you know, keep myself, excited and going because I'm um, going to try to start fast packing. So that's kind of, Ooh. Yeah, that's how I, I keep myself occupied is reading all, the, all of that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I tried fitting everything in the backpack um, this past week and I think I have some more gear things I have to figure out, but yeah, I mean, it should, I, I figured just doing it in the New Jersey area will be a, right. a good thing to get started. And so if anyone wants to come adventure, you know, just reach out to me. I'd, I'm willing love to have some company. That's awesome. Yeah. So (laughs) that's great. So, I mean, you spend your time trail running, but you've also made it a priority to volunteer, which is what I love to chat with you about. So tell us about your volunteer journey. How did it start? Why did it start? Um, Fill us in on that. Yeah. um, I mean, I've always been, uh, you know, actually from listening to other podcasts too, when people start talking about trail work and trail maintain maintaining. It was always something um, that I was interested in, but I used to live in Bergen County um, in an apartment and I knew that we were saving for this house. So I wanted to wait until I knew where I was going to live. Actually, I live in Warren County too, but right on the Sussex line. Um, But I just wanted to to know where that was going to be so I could pick a, you know, um, have a trail that was kind of like closer to me. Um, But I did go to some different, um, you know, just volunteer workshops. I actually went out with someone so if you go on the New York, New Jersey trail conference website, there is a volunteer tab um, and there's different ways that you can volunteer too. So if you're interested in plants, um, there's like an invasive species task force that 
like goes out and identifies invasive plants and that's something that's really important but they also have like um you know kind of like workshop days kind of a thing um and you know you just kind of like look at your calendar and like hey i'm free on that day and it tells you where it is the approximate number of hours you know there's always someone there that knows more than you do that's going to be talking you through the kind of stuff so i went out to um I don't know if it was Minnewaska or Mo- Mohonk because they're like right next to each right, other, right. but um, the trail maintainer for that area, um, they were getting ready for the SRT, which is um, oh, yeah. in September, the race that it's kind of like pretty self-supported. I'm, I'm interested in myself actually this year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so she was, we had to go maintain one of the trails, uh, like clean it up and stuff. And it was a ton of work. I mean, we had to to hike in um, we, the what is it called? The, um, the grounds people or like the, um, the park personnel, they drove us to a certain point that we still had to hike in a couple of miles before we got to the trail and we're logging all of this, you know, these big <laughs> machines. And that kind of thing. <laughs> it's a lot of work, but it feels so good at the end of the day to, because you know what it's like when you run through a trail that mm-hmm. hasn't been maintained well, and you're getting, um, you know, like hit in the face with, with, right. Uh, you know, branches, or if it's not well marked, you're getting lost. And I mean, it, so, you know, being a part of being able to help take care of the trail in that way felt like, it just felt so great. So I knew it was something I wanted to do. Um, And I I don't exactly, I'm trying to remember exactly when it was, but it was around this same time I did meet Don Weiss, who's, um, he started that, um, the trail conference runs group. And so around the time that I was looking at, you know, again, becoming a maintainer myself, I went on a run with him. I believe the first one I went was actually at Torn Park. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super close to where I work, but I just didn't know about the park at all. So it was just great for him to reach out to other runners, um, you know, talk about um, what the New York, New Jersey Trail Conference does for these different parks and, you know, kind of be that liaison with um, the organization, but also, you know, do something that I love to do. So it, it was really like a nice nice way to meet him and I'm you know I've definitely we've gone on other of those conference runs together and just you know seeing him at your races as well it's been really nice um it's given me I think like just like a huge community of of people um Mm. to feel connected with like again it just like I didn't feel quite like grounded in New Jersey until I feel like I met you know this group of trail runners and this organization. Like now I feel like, no, like I live in New Jersey now and I, you know, I'm a part of the community and it, you know, you, you, you meet people and it's funny too, even the, the trail conference even has people that live in Pennsylvania, but they, they enjoy, yeah. the, uh, you know, the trails that are in, you know, this New Jersey area as well. So they come in their maintainers as well. So it's just, it's so nice to, to have that community of people to, to share you know, that common vision of being able to have like nice clean trails um, and to take care of them. So totally. Yeah. We, and we've got to give a major shout out to Don Weiss. I think he's on, I think he's on watching. Yeah. Uh, Don, Don was our, yeah, he's the man. He was our tie into the trail conference. He reached out to me a few years ago. I think it was the first year that we started hosting races and, um, you know, got us connected to become a club member of the trail conference and we now support them with many of our events. So um, if you're not familiar, we should give a little background on the New York, New Jersey trail conference. Um, They are the nonprofit organization that is powered by volunteers. They maintain over 
2,000 miles of trails throughout New York, New Jersey, and a little bit of Pennsylvania as well. Um, so again, I've got my shirt on for the trail conference here. Um, so Don Weiss, is he's very active in the trail running and hiking community. He runs two fantastic um, groups. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, but as Jess mentioned, the trail conference trail run group. And then also there's the, I think it's called the West Milford Thirteeners. Um, Thirteeners. That's it. That's right. And so they lead, he leads monthly hikes with them as well. So um, we love you, Don. We love you guys and what you do at the trail conference. Yeah. Um, so let's segue. It's a good segue into uh, Leave No Trace. I know when yeah. we chatted the other night, we we're going to talk about that a little bit. What is Leave No Trace? Tell us, Jess. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, there's a great website that you can literally just search Leave No Trace, but it's, um, there's seven guiding principles of like, you know, when you're, when you're out in nature, like how you should, you know, go about, um, you know, taking care of the, the place around you, taking care of nature. So, I mean, and it's a lot of people think, oh, leave no trace. And it just has to do with just don't leave garbage. Right. Like, which yes, that is one of the principles, but a lot of it has to do with like taking care um, of the space around you. Like, you know, being able to be um, like to plan and prepare for where you're going to go. So rather than just oh, you're in your car and, oh, I see a mountain over there. Let's go hike it and not be prepared with knowing like, you know, what trails are you going to be on? Like what kind of equipment might you need? How long is it going to take you? Um, all those kinds of things. And I think I'm sure um, you've been on a trail yourself. I'm sure many of us have where you get stopped by someone who looks like they're not quite prepared. Like they might be right. I don't know, in Ugg boots or, yeah. <laughs> and they've got their, you know, start from a cup of coffee and you're like, right. And, and they'll stop you and they'll ask like, well, how much further? And you'll be in a trail network and you're like, how much further where? And <laughs> it's, like, it, it's scary because you realize yeah. these people don't really know where they're going. And the reason that's part of a, a leave no trace principle is that if you're not prepared, um, you could be, if you don't know where you're going, you could be, you could go off trail. Um, right. you could end up stuck somewhere and someone has to come in and rescue you. And then the right. rescue effort might, you know, put harm into the environment, like, you know, by just the equipment that they have to take, right. you know, all of that stuff. Um, actually Don just posted something about two runners that got stuck in the snow up in New Hampshire. Mm. Um, and you know, again, it's just like that, like really respecting the, the elements and and yeah. the mountains and the trails that we're on and that they're you know it's, it's nature and you have to be really respectful of that um it also you know it talks about too like walking on durable surfaces i mentioned before mm. um <laughs> my blender with the the um the at with where i when i had to go use the restroom like there are ways that you dispose of things but you also like when you're picking um a bathroom spot that you have to make sure you're you're walking on durable surfaces that it's not right. like in wetlands. You're not uh, walking on fragile grasses and those kinds right. of things. Um, not necessarily related to running, but like if you're backpacking too, like there are principles too about, about firewood. Like, first of all, do you need to make a fire? Um, you know, yeah. if so, you should try to do so in like, you know, a pre-established ring. And, you know, if there isn't a lot of firewood around, again, like going to, you know, take the very little firewood that might be there. I mean, is that, you're, you're disturbing the environment as it is, right? Like you want to leave as much as possible. So unless there's ample amount of, you know, dead wood around, you shouldn't be 
Um, you know, so it's all those kinds of guiding principles. And um, actually one of my, you know, there's also like respecting the wildlife, you know, that's important. Um, I know, at least where I live now in, El, in Alamuchi, um, there's a ton of bears actually, like in our park. <laughs> and, stuff too. Um, and, you know, it's about being respectful, giving them their distance. Um, mm-hmm. But also too, like if you see, you know, pretty flowers in the woods, just to respect them from afar, to admire them from afar, rather than trampling through the woods off trail to get close to that, you know, said thing. So it's just about being like careful um, and really kind of like sticking to staying on the trail and that sort of a thing. Um, And one of my favorite ones too, is also just being respectful of others that are on the trail. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure we've all also experienced like with just this huge increase in, in new trail users too, that there's just a lot of um, people using the trail and as a maintainer, um, so Mount Tammany is probably one of the most popular trails in New Jersey. So it's like the red dot trail is the one I maintain. And unfortunately, most of what I end up maintaining is trash is like picking up Mm -hmm. trash. And, but also like, um, you know, there's people with dogs, like, you know, all of the, the doggy bags and blasting music. And it's like, you know, if people are out in, in nature, you have to just be respectful of their surroundings. Maybe they came to nature to, you know, to be in the quiet and not to hear your your favorite song (laughs) or, and also just being respectful too. Like, I know I'm, I'm not a dog owner, but like, if people have dogs that like, you know, recognizing that other trail users might not become like you really should have your dog on a leash and um i know it's a touchy subject for some people but if that is one of the principles too is like if Mm -hmm. you're respectful of the people that are hiking around you and the trails are for everyone right so like you need to make everyone as comfortable as possible so it's just you know um i think another part of being a maintainer too is being able to educate people about that kind of a thing um you know it's it's a delicate uh (laughs) It's a delicate um, matter as well, but um, my, yeah. trail, my trail supervisor at from for Mount Tammany, he's he's awesome, um, Mark Kern. If he's out there at all, um, he just has the best way of of being very gentle and educating people. He's always very willing to come help me anytime I say I'm going to go do some work on the trail. He'll come help me, and he has a really nice way of just saying, like for example, like people might ask when they see you picking up the trash like oh is that all from here and and then sometimes people ask like well what's in there and that kind of a thing and we'll yeah it's like an opportunity to say like oh well you know some of it is like those synthetic wipes like people think that they break down but because they're synthetic material you know they don't really Mm -hmm. and and that kind of a thing and and just educating people while you have the chance um you know it's 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 definitely an art form and and there's plenty of people to keep uh coaching me on that but it's uh (laughs) It's important. So I think too, is us as, um, I think as other, you know, trail stewards, even that we're, you know, we're out there on the trails weekend after weekend and, you know, we can be those people. So, you know, I call out to everyone there who might be watching, you know, if you, if you see someone and and you think that you have an opportunity to just kind of like politely educate them about like, so for example, I was also picking up um, trash on Tammany and I heard someone behind me um, saying like, oh, you could just leave the bag there because they're biodegradable. I'm like, oh, uh. <laughs> actually, <laughs> well, I, I actually, if anyone is like has a law background and they know how to start like um, like a PSA about these dog bags, I would love to meet with you. 
Mm. <laughs> because I'm it's like, crazy, right? I, the I dog bags. But I think that I think what it is is they have on the the package. I think it says like biodegradable. But I want to like invite them. Like, oh, okay, so leave it in your backyard and just let me know how long it takes. Because if every right. again, if every person with a dog did that, yeah, you know, and even if it breaks down in a month, which I doubt, um, I haven't tested yeah. it myself. But I just, <laughs> you know. Even if every person did that, like, would they, you know, we would just be on a trail littered with, with dog tags. So it's just trying to like teach people. And then like, they felt really bad. So I, I didn't want to make them feel bad, but I just, you, you have to take those opportunities when they're given right. to educate right. people on that. So. Definitely, definitely a balance of, you know, being bold and. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I did want to mention that another point I thought of, and, and you might plan to mention this already but with the with the dogs the off-leash dogs another thing I think sometimes dog owners don't think about is like when their dogs are running up ahead or they're going off trail mm-hmm. that's also an issue too it leave no trace right yeah yeah exactly I mean and you know if you're unfortunately like you know we we hope that the dog is going to be safe both with like other people but also with animals like I've heard people say like again comment that their dog ran into a porcupine kind of a thing like you know you're just trying to and that's not respecting the wildlife right like a dog wouldn't normally be out there you know something that a porcupine should be running into right (laughs) so so it's really um yeah I think it's just safe for safer for everyone if they they can you know keep their dog I know again I'm not a dog owner but I um you know, it it is one of those things that's, um, you you know, I've seen several people. Oh, I don't know if you can hear my cat. Is that Marty? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a cat owner. Anyway, but you know, I think it's, um, I I have seen people though, that are very respectful too. And and that will always like put their dog, you know, on the leash if they see someone coming or, and that kind of a thing too. So, or their dog stays close by them. So, um, but yeah. That's awesome. So you are maintaining at Mount Tammy and then also over at Northern Green. Yes. So, so tell us, like, you signed up to be a trail maintainer. What does one do as a trail maintainer? I mean, obviously, picking up trash you've mentioned, but what other things do you do? Like, how often do you go out on the trails? Um, so they, what's, the, what's the commitment level? Yeah, so they actually, it's like only require technically like twice a year. So there's the the spring, which is from like January through June, and then the fall, which is, you know, July through December. Um, but you could go out as many times as you want. So it was actually um, two of the trails I maintain are actually in the, um, I'm trying to remember, it's the the 15 miler. What is your 15 miler? Yes, the, high, the Highlands 15. The Highlands. Yeah. So it's the Manaticate Point Trail and the Westbrook Connector Trail. Um, and so I will tech to, I will often go out after a big storm. So, you know, what we just had, like there definitely anytime there's a chance that there's down trees, um, that kind of a thing to clear. Um, so, you know, you might be pruning back, um, you know, bushes and that kind of a thing, a lot of shrubbery. So a lot of like my, it's so like they're complete opposite trails, like the Northern Green, um, it hadn't been maintained for a little while. They actually have gotten a huge increase in trail maintainers, which is awesome. Like now right. almost the entire park is maintained by, That's awesome. by trails. Yeah. So, um, so, and they're doing a lot of actually um, trail work this upcoming year where they're doing some trail improvements and actually building some new trails. So that will be really exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, building and, and maintaining those trails when you have that, like those wildlife bushes, it's, 
it's a lot of work. So it's, um, you know, there is, so if you're ever interested, there are webinars that again are on the trail conference website that you can, they're just recorded on YouTube. I think Don's done a few of them too. He's probably on there. Um, but they talk about the different tools that you need. Um, and sometimes also it's just, um, you know, I'm not as strong as some of the guys out there, so I can saw through some, you know, small trees, but like, if it gets like, well, like larger in diameter than like, you know, seven, eight inches, there's right. a, chain, there's a chain gang and they're specially trained to use the chainsaw and you let your supervisor know, um, the New York, New Jersey trail conference also has just like a, a web form that you could. So if you're ever out on a trail and you're like, wow, there's a giant tree across this trail, you can, you know, pull out your map, you know, take a picture of where you are, um, take yeah. a picture of the tree and submit it. So, um, that's actually how I found out my local trails are maintained by Jorba, which is the mountain biking organization too. But you just kind of like make those connections of, oh, here's the maintainer for that trail. So now I can directly <laughs> um, email them if there's an issue and that sort of a thing. Um, you also, um, so some, I'm sure you've seen too, like um, some trails will have, I forget what they're called. They're like water things where they divert the water off the path. So it doesn't, yes. it doesn't wash out the trail. I think it's a sw swale. Is that the right term? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have them on my trail, so I didn't learn the name. Um, but I can correct this. He'll pop it in the chat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have to clean those out sometimes. Um, also, just like you, you submit reports that where like oh, um, graffiti cleaning. I've unfortunately had to do some of that as well. Um, but again, like if you're not sure of how to do anything, you just reach out to your trail supervisor, and they'll come help you, coach you, um, teach you. And then if it's like something that's that's more involved. So, um, for example, there, I'm sure you're familiar at, at Tammany, if you're going up the red dot trail, there is just what they call like a herd path of like where people think the trail should be. And no matter yes. like how many trees we like, like drag in front of that, people just keep going like down that herd path because it's become so beaten down that people think that's the way. And I, you know, I've, um, I've reblazed that area. The turn is here and people still go up that herd path. So we might actually make a little sign like trail this way, you know, mm. to hopefully again, like keep people on the correct path. Um, right. yeah. So it's just those kinds of things, but sometimes there's also like just bigger issues. So like if a certain area is really waterlogged and it's just, um, the terrace pond loop is a great example. Um, mm. they just built a floating bridge there. Yes. It's very um, cool. Yeah. So like the, when it, when it becomes like a really big issue like that, where, you know, a couple rocks across the stream is not going to cut it. Um, you know, that's where it kind of goes a little bit higher up. So either the bigger park supervisors might, um, take care of, like, they might decide like we can divert some money to this or, or maybe it's like a project that the trail conference is going to work on for a longer period of time. Um, right. so you know, you're there to report on those issues. And then, um, you know, like, for example, um, part of my trail, they reblazed the colors and they took away one of the, the colors. Um, when I first started maintaining it, it was like yellow and white and then yellow and blue. And now, now it's just yellow, like they're reblazing the trails. And that was a higher up decision. And it's like, so I'm there to help um, with the reblazing and that kind of a thing. But, you know, the, those, park supervisors and they, they've got like the more overarching um vision of what the park's gonna look right. like right so right right and northern green they're in general are just trying to make it a lot more easy to follow um they're trying to 
they're going to do some like with my trail in particular um do a little bit more rerouting to get some more nice views like within the you know get to little like overlooks and that kind of a thing so they're they're you know taking that into consideration so That's yeah awesome. um, well, I'll, pop, I'll pop in here don dropped in he said it's called water bar That's water it. bar there you go there it is <laughs> So, so tuck that away for trivia night. Yep. <laughs> so when you're when you're going out on like say you're going, I'm gonna go do some trail maintenance. You're headed out to Norton Green. What's in your pack? What are you bringing with you? Do you are you Ooh, are you yep. bringing the the loppers and yep yeah yeah. So I've got um, loppers like um, uh, hand pruners. You of course need like protective eye gear um, and gloves are a really big thing. Um, a lot of water because I'm like always out there the whole day. Like it's, mm. I, I would say a short day is like five hours. It's like, it's wow. a, a really like, I mean, and again, it depends, but yeah, I mean, if you're spending some, you know, so I kind of like look at it as, you know, from a running perspective, it's like, it's, it's a cross training day, right? Cause right. it's a ton of work, but it's not running like, and you're not going to, you're going to be too tired to run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and you're, and you know, it, but it's, that's okay. And like, so, you know, a lot of water, um, yeah, I do have a handsaw as well. Um, and then trash bags. Um, mm. I always have my, um, and if people don't know, I'm sure people do, but the New York, New Jersey trail conference has these awesome maps on Avenza maps. Yes. Um, so that is where I also, um, I will take pictures of where I am if there is an issue, um, you know, like if there's a tree down here, I'll take a picture of the tree and the picture of where it is on the GPS and that sort of a thing. Um, you know, if there's a big tree down, I might be able to, to clear some branches in order to be able to get through. But and again, like the chain game might need to come out there. Um, trying to think of what else. Um, you know, you, you, you need to wear like long pants too if you're really dealing with a lot of those, those bushes and that kind of a thing. Um, you know, all of those, like, like kind of like the gardening tool kind of a thing. Right. You know, <laughs> right. Uh, you know I know, so par different parks are different too about whether or not they're comfortable. Like some parks want you to be, like, are fine with you using more, you know, electric equipment, you know, like the hedge clippers, kind of those things. Um, mm -hmm. I personally just feel like, you know what, less, less chance for injury if I'm using hand tools. Totally. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, those are really heavy. So I have like a, a good mile hike into my, my trail. So it's like, do you really want to be carrying all of that? Eh, not right. really. So, um, so yeah, I think the gloves are, are that, that important thing too. Um, you, you know, and I did try to get these shears because I thought those were going to be more beneficial for the the bushes but you know i like the pr the pruning the, the small pruning ones are the better <laughs> those, those are your go-to your go-to yeah. tools <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's uh, awesome so yeah. um i have a question for you maybe it's fun um what is the most bizarre item that you've had to pack out that you found on the trail and you put in a trash bag. <laughs> uh, I think, okay. I mean, I have like, I guess two answers. The, the men's jeans, like it's a whole pair of jeans, a whole pair of jeans. And of course they were soaking wet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what'd you hike down in? Like we're, <laughs> um, you know, that, that's always bizarre. And then like, the children's toys that look very creepy on the side of the trail, like, you know, like mm. the, the stuffed animal that's now clearly like a little decrepit or, um, 
it looked like it was like a knockoff of a lightsaber, but it wasn't quite a lightsaber. It was some sort of like, like Star Wars yeah. knockoff toy. Um, I felt very bad. I didn't want to throw it out, but like, I mean, what can you do, you know? <laughs> um, I think those are, well, and then when I got really into plogging too, I started like, you know, um, when you started that, I think it was April. Yes. Uh, and I was like picking up trash all the time on like, you know, every single run. And then I um, thought I was picking up plastic and it was a deer jaw. But so <laughs> I think I posted because I wasn't sure what it was. And it like, <laughs> yeah, I knew it was like someone's skull. I just didn't know whose skull it was. But, yeah. So then you, then you start to get like, oh, <laughs> be careful what you're picking up oh and that actually reminds me too gloves like I always wear um, lots of pairs of gloves yes and the trash actually I need to get a a pair myself um the trash picker up or oh my goodness yes yeah Yeah. well um if you if you pick up a lot of trash too it it does wear and tear so you might need some (laughs) oh yeah that, that reminds me too I also do have um for some of the graffiti removal, the rocks here are so hard that like, there are like buffing things that you can use, but even just um, some natural coloring spray paint to kind of cover up. Um, I, you know, I do have that too for, for Tammany because Tammany does get, unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of graffiti, but, um, and you want to cover it up because if people see graffiti, then they think, right. oh, it's okay. I'll do it too. It looks cool. Totally. So, yeah. Well, I, that brings up a good point. Cause I wanted to ask you about this. I know uh, the trail conference did a seminar on it. I think it was probably on zoom in the last few months, but about removing graffiti. I love, can you give us like the kind of the cliff notes version of it? And how does that process work? Yeah. So it's like, again, so it's like up to the park supervisor, what, how they want you to do it. Right. Like, because it's, it's like their park. And basically there's, there's three ways I would say, like, there's the um, the harsh chemicals, which really you can't do in, in a park, right? Because like the chemicals are bad for everything around it. Like really it's only used right. for sidewalks or under bridges, like that kind of a thing. Like there's those mm-hmm. really harsh chemicals. I mean, I just, I can't think of an application where you would take that anywhere near, like, cause you, your skin can't touch it. You can't breathe it yeah. in. Possibly do that when you're in on a trail where people are, you know, you know, all around you. So then you could kind of like buff it out. So that's what my, uh, the park supervisor wanted us to do. So we actually, um, it's, uh, so Mount Tammany's in Worthington. So with the Worthington park office, they have this, like, it looks like a ginormous sander with like a, kind of like a Brillo pad. Um, mm. So we give it a try always, but like, again, the rocks are just so hard that sometimes it's just yeah. like buffing, you know, it's just kicking back at you and it really isn't right. much of a difference. So then the last way is, um, and people are of varying, you know, skill levels with this, but like using paint to kind of cover, you may try to make it more natural because like you want to just make it so that your eye doesn't necessarily go right to it. Right. Um, so that's like a combination of, you know, using different texture, like using spray paints and then different like sponges and that kind of a thing to kind of cover it up and make it just so it's, you know, you, you can't quite tell that it's, it might look weird, but it, it at least isn't, you can't say like, whoa, what does that say? Or, right, right. I, I've covered up Mickey Mouse, hearts, um, oh, man. all sorts of weird shapes. Luckily, nothing hateful, you know, right. fingers crossed, but um, but just silly things like, yeah. 
Mickey Mouse is the weirdest, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a little creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's definitely, um, and I actually uh, want to tell this story too. So um, they do they do share too. Like, so the trail conference will share, like if someone writes in about your trail, they'll say, they'll connect you with that person and said like, mm. so there's this woman um, that, you know, she basically, her name is Denise and she, um, she was really upset that there was, there was um, graffiti, you know, again, popped up again on Tammany. So myself and um, my trail, trail supervisor, Mark, we invited her out to come maintain with us and say like, let's get rid of that graffiti together. And mm-hmm. we did some reblazing and it was a really great way to just meet her. And she was, yeah. she um, ended up becoming a trail maintainer herself. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So it was really, and she maintains the Buttermilk Falls Trail. So it's just nice to make that connection. And, you know, I was just running up there the other day and um, unfortunately I saw she's got graffiti on her trees now, but I have her, her email now so I can contact her and hopefully we'll um, be able to just hike together on another time, not related to removing graffiti, but, um, but it's, it's, it's great. There are lots of wonderful people out there willing to help. So, um, you know, sometimes that's just a way to get involved is incidentally, you have a trail out there that you love and then you see it needs some work and you reach out and connect and it's a nice way to, to, you know, get help from other people and meet new people too. So totally, totally. We've, uh, we've got a question in the chat. This is from Jana Schernitz. Her Mm -hmm. comment is vert is not real. (laughs) Sasquatch is real. Yes. Are Karen's graffiti the uh the rock stacking oh that is <laughs> uh it's not I don't know if it's graffiti but it is against leave no trace because you're not you're supposed to leave the you're supposed to leave the rocks as be right because like you right. there's no chance that all of those rocks were right in that place right you should really mm-hmm. leave because also like you don't know what you're disturbing underneath like was there a snake there that now you've disturbed this hole or answer all those kinds of things like there's a lot of things that we can't see with our eyes that might be hiding and if we're making those kinds of um I know people love them but yes there's actually an article about that yes Um, (laughs) I'll have to find it and I'll have to post it again because there was a whole article about it and it was really yes I mean I know they look cool but it it, and especially I don't know if you've ever seen them rivers too but when you do that for a river it it ends up diverting the water in ways that it shouldn't be necessarily so yeah it's really not not the best so maybe get yourself some rocks at home and then you can you know make your own rock garden (laughs) I'll have to say it is the same though maybe this is what she was asking if if you've seen those painted rocks people Mm. use those painted rocks so yeah that's unfortunately also not leave no trace um yeah, it, I haven't actually come across them myself at at Tammany. Um, if I did, I would probably end up, you know, because you don't want to remove it, right? Even though it was probably brought in from somewhere else. I don't think anyone's right. sitting here like painting nicely on the side of the chair. Exactly. <laughs> um, it was probably brought in from somewhere else, but I would probably end up covering it up with paint. And I'm, I'm sure you want to, you know, preserve your nice painting, but you should probably have it for your garden. Uh, <laughs> totally totally when I was out um at the gap doing the the 19 miler that we had for the run venture in uh, yeah. January I couldn't believe when I was going around Sunfish Pond there were a bunch of those stacked rocks but it wasn't even like I could knock them over somehow they were like out in the oh, pond wow. <gasps> like 
Oh, that's really I don't even know. I don't know how somebody did it. If they like, maybe the water was lower at some point and then they. Oh, I mean, that's a, that, that's really sad to me because that's like a very, um, talk about a really protected environment. That's like a glacial yeah. pond with very, very, you know, just fragile mm-hmm. an ecosystem kind of a thing. Like if you look at the sign, it's right there. Yeah. Um, it, it very clearly outlines like how fragile the environment is in that pond. So I really hope well, that makes me sad. <laughs> I know, and it wasn't even like I could take it down. It was like out in the water and it was oh gosh, freezing oh, and yikes. snowing. So speaking of like, if, if somebody's out on the trail and they see some of those stacked stones, should they take it down? Is that helpful or what's- I mean, I think it would help defer. Now, I just want to be clear though, in places like New Hampshire or like out in the White Mountains, there are trail cairns. So I don't want to like say that those are not the same thing. There are like, for example, if you're out above tree line, sometimes the yeah. cairns are there to mark the trail. So it's not those. That's not what I'm right. talking about. <laughs> Please don't remove those. You wouldn't be able to. Yeah, definitely not. Like in the high peaks or something. Yes, then exactly. Yeah. A lot of lost hikers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that. But like, yes, if it's just a, unfortunately... I'm not saying like go kick it down, but like because the more people see them, um, the more um, you know people think it's okay and they want to add their own. Um, actually, this is just reminding me now of one. Now that we're talking about it, it's reminding me of one in Stokes that's um, near. Um, oh gosh, where is it? It's near Tillman's Ravine. There's a whole like there's like a forest of them. Um, oh really yeah I have to say too like um you know there are times to like because you could drive yourself crazy right like with like every piece of garbage and every little rock pile so there are times when I just go and run and it's like this is my time to run because if I stop for everything I'll only get three miles and like you know so um but there are times that I will go back and like go pick up the trash and sometimes it's just at the end of the run and it's most of the trash is near the the trailhead anyway Um, right but you know you kind of want to go back to those opportunities and like if you can take care of them but um you know you also have to get a good run in here and there totally no I know you know this summer when we're spring whenever we started doing the plogging it's it it was so interesting because once I started doing it you can't unsee the trash like now like whenever you're out like I just it's like eyeball magnets to that nasty mask that's on the side of the road or, or yeah. the trail or the baby wipes the dog bags especially yeah. the dog the doggy bags oh, yes <laughs> yeah and you know I mean and, and sometimes you're just out on a run and you're like I would pick it up if I could but like I just I don't have gloves and you want exactly, to see yeah. too and you yeah. have to have somewhere to put it you know like you can't just right. if it's like a just a like a single wrapper I might be okay with picking that up and using my right, Purell, right. but like obviously some of these things you can pick up with. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't want to pick up. <laughs> no, no. Um, um, so we've got, we've got another question here. This is from Adriana. She, her comment says, I know you said it's a sensitive topic, but what can we do about unwelcome bikers and unleashed dogs on the trails? Maybe Sasquatch can teach them a lesson. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay. So the bikers first, like, so I would say most trails probably do allow bikers unless you see something that says footpath only. And the places I see footpath only tend to be like the Catskills. Um, You know, for the most part, we have to share the trails with bikers as well. Now, hopefully they announce themselves. um, You know, I think technically, um, you know, I think Adriana, I know that Adriana is a, is a local runner to like 
Wachung Reservation in South Mountain where the, it's explicitly no mountain bikers. So I think oh. that's, that's the reference. Oh, is that, oh, is that why? Yeah. Yeah. They give you a little say, context. I was going to say out here, it's like, you know, they're the the norm out in um in Alamuchi. There's a ton of mountain bikers. So I'm just used to get right. know, <laughs> yielding the life for them. Um, you know, I, it's, I think it starts with just like trying to like, you know, when I have come across someone that's got like a dog that's unleashed and just like, oh, you know, and, and they might, usually what I get is, oh, they're friendly. And I oh, just, yeah. <laughs> I kind of say like, oh, okay. Just like, you know, I'm not really comfortable. Um, you know, can you, can you put them on the leash right now? Or like, you know what, or, or sometimes they, they will come, like the dog will come up to me and be barking me. And I usually yeah. I'll stop because like, right. Like if you're running, if you keep running, the dog's going to chase you. So you need, <laughs> you, know, you need to stop. And I'm like, you know, oh, can you like the barking's making me uncomfortable. And I just try to be, you know, I try to just look the owner in the eye and just like, just explain like me, myself. Right. Like right. I try not to get preachy in the right. moment. Right. Um, and I just, you know, you do the, I feel comments. I feel uncomfortable when yes. there's a dog that's running at me. I feel nervous when he's barking at me um you know those kinds of things or you know hey I'm maybe you're you're running or hiking with a little kid and like the kids are going to be more impulsive right and like you know I'm just nervous for my child or something like that um as far as the bikers go I I that's going to be harder to <laughs> you know I mean again I think it's like oh just so you know I, I believe that this 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 park doesn't allow bikers and I mean uh, you know <laughs> I haven't had to deal with that as much. I don't know. What have you done, Kim? <laughs> um, you know, I have a hard time with bikers because I South Mountain, right, is such a busy park. It's so busy, yeah. especially in the last year. Um, and I would say for the most part, the mountain bikers that I come across are friendly, but a couple of them, like, they either might not announce that they're coming. And then what happens is it's the same as like an off-leash dog is coming at you. I end up jumping off the trail and like, if you're on a single track, it can be, you know, kind of sketchy. So, I mean, usually when I'm out there, I'm, I'm running with um, friends who are a bit more vocal than I am. So uh, they take yeah. care of it. <laughs> I'll yeah. leave it at that. They usually do the talking, um, but yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, I understand, you know, where they're, the bikers are coming from, they, they want to enjoy the trails, but um, it's tough when it's a park like Guachung Reservation and South Mountain, where they're mm. very, very busy, especially yeah. on the weekends. Like, it's just, yeah. it's crazy. There's a lot of families, there's, there's kids. And then when you throw in the mountain biking and the off-leash dogs, it's like, you know, it's. And, and it's, the thing is, there's so many great mountain biking like not, I don't want to say exclusive, but mountain bike heavy parks like Alamuchi, like right. um, um, like out near Split Rock, um, like that whole area is big with mountain bikers too. I mean, it's just like there are parks that are very welcoming to it too. So I mean, maybe it's also just pointing them in that direction. Like you know, Jorba. I mean, Jorba does a great job too. Right. They maintain a lot of the trails necessary. Like the 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 New York Jersey Trail Conference doesn't. If, if it's like more popular with those mountain bikers. So, I mean, they do an awesome job, but, you know, I think you also have to think of, uh, you know, like what position are you in? If you're, if you're running by yourself, like I'm not yeah. going to start a fight with someone, right? Because right. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where they're at and I just need to be safe. And um, I was running once and it was hunting season and I was very shocked to see. And like, again, I've, 
um, you know, many hunters can be very nice too, but I was shocked to see there was this guy that was like set up on the trail, which I'm pretty sure you can't do. But again, I, I didn't want to get into a debate with this guy yeah. who was hunting right. <laughs> um, and I'm by with myself <laughs> and I had my orange on, but you're not like required to wear orange, but it's a courtesy, right? right? And I had my orange on. Um, but he thought I should have been like head to toe orange. And I'm like, again, I'm like, I'm not going to get in a debate with you. I'm just going to, right. You know, um, you just have to be safe, I think, and, and, and smart. And, um, you know, you don't know how people are going to react. So you want to be courteous, um, you know, while just saying like, if you're uncomfortable and just, you know, leaving it at that, that being said, like, you know, you also want to going back to the be prepared, you always want to have someone know where you are, right? Like right. you always want to have your phone with you. And if you don't have, like, if it's a place that doesn't have good cell reception, like I have um, like a satellite communicator, I have my Garmin. Right. And, um, so that I can, you know, reach someone if I, if I do get into trouble, right? Like, so that's something to like, not that I was worried about getting into trouble with the hunter, but it just made me think. Yeah, of, no, it's, it's true. You, you always got to be. I think just aware of your surroundings, aware of the situation that you're in, you know, especially yeah. if you are running alone, which I know both of us do a lot. Yeah. And, and it's also like, it's, again, it's being courteous of others, right. And that, you know, if, if you're in a park that does allow mountain biking, you know, even if they yeah. don't, you know, you have to like, they, they have as much right to the trail as you do. I also right. like, I don't know, there's, there's people that do um, horseback riding on our trails too. Like, you know, I right. mean, again, that's just like, I've come across it only a handful of times, but you know, there's no reason that they can't be here just the way I can. And we want everyone to be able to enjoy the trail. So you, you know, just try to be respectful, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Adrian, I hope that helps. Um, I can tell you a couple of my friends who are very vocal. If you'd like to go running with them, they can, they can help you out. I think I know who you're talking about. I think so. Um, okay. So if you're listening, feel free to drop any more questions in the chat. I've got a couple of rapid fire questions for Jess. We're going to have some fun with this. All right. So first, first one, let me pull it up here. Okay. We love to start with this one. Is Sasquatch real? Absolutely. Oh, no hesitation. Absolutely. <laughs> no hesitation. I love it. Um, okay. Where is your go-to trail? Uh, weekday or weekend? Weekday, um, Alamucci, uh, the Deer Park Road entrance. And there's like, a nice little beaver, um, beaver, I don't know, den. What is it called? Beaver. Beaver dam. Right? Beaver dam. There you go. Yeah. So like, um, one good thing about the the whole quarantine and being home, working from home, was I was able to get on the trails in the morning, so get mm. to see my beaver friends. <laughs> and uh, I'd say on the weekends, the Delaware Water Gap. Oh. Into Stokes, like that whole area is. You Isn't know, Stokes the best? I love it. Oh, Stokes is my favorite. I think you know. Stokes is just park. it's it's so beautiful and it's like very rarely crowded, yeah. which is like a great combination for New Jersey. <laughs> it really is. I know. <laughs> what is, uh, what's your favorite trail at Stokes? If you had to pick one. Oh, I love the blue mountain trail. I mean, I, that big yeah, trail. it just has so such a diversity. Like you get the, the big mountain views, the pine, the pine forest along the river, oh, that's the meadow. The best part. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. That's the best part. Um, okay. Next one is most interesting animal you've seen out on a trail run or hike. 
Um, I guess, uh, I guess the porcupine I saw um, on the AT actually. <laughs> the porcupine. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. Next question is what is your favorite trail running food or fuel that you use? Ooh. Ooh. Well, if I'm carrying it, um, I would say, um, hmm. I mean, I love probably pop tarts or peanut butter and jelly. Um, okay. but if I don't have to carry it, meaning like, because like, you know, um, I would say like, you know, at an aid station bacon or, mm. um, I love ramen noodles. I just think that's like, I don't know. It's just the best like aid station food or pancakes. Pancakes are also delicious Ooh, pancakes. or donuts. Yes. <laughs> Anything <laughs> like the baked goods. <laughs> Carbohydrate related. <laughs> I have, I have packed a donut in my pack, but it, 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 it got a little mushy. So it's not the best packed food I would say. Well, I have a follow-up question. What's, what's your favorite flavor pop tart? Ooh, apple cinnamon. Apple cinnamon. All right. Yeah. It's like a little apple pie. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Next question is what is the hardest trail running or hiking experience of your life? (laughs) Like a moment (laughs) where you're out on the trail and you're thinking, what am I doing here? What's what comes to mind? Um, (laughs) <laughs> besides um my at blunder um eastern states was it, it's just a very very challenging course and it just uh it's relentless up and down um but like the i have to say though but doing it as a race experience was very you know encouraging because you just have a, such a great support of people mm-hmm. um i did do the the um devil's path that was you know the devil's path in a day was its own challenge because you, you know, you did it by your, well, I did it with, um, one of our other, um, club members, Sandra. Uh, yes. Yes. Was yes. that this fall? Was that, uh, well, it I'm was trying to think, or uh, summer. It was summer. It was August. It was in August. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So that is just, you know, it's just very, it, it can be dangerous. So that's what it's a little like, <laughs> you know, a little, a little challenging about it and just doing it in a day is exhausting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think more than anything, um, there are there are more challenging courses, I would say, than the New Jersey AT. But having done that by myself was very was its own set of challenges. It's like you, um, you know, you had um, it was it was Kelly Lynn, right? Was there? Hey Lynn, yeah, yeah. Um, and she was talking about her experience and how you really have to be constantly solving problems and mm. sharp and that, that is real, right? Like you can really get in your head and down and you can be great, you know, one minute. And then the next minute you're like, you know, searching for the trail for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So crabby. Um, if my sister's watching, she, um, she can attest to some late night phone calls when I, um, accidentally, so after I got lost, I went the wrong way back on the trail. <laughs> oh. I mountain three times. Like so she, <laughs> at my darkest, you know, like that. I think those, even though the the trail itself wasn't the most yeah. trail, that experience was it just taught me a lot of like, you know, taking care of yourself and you know, being your own problem solver and and all of that. So it's like two different things, right? Like, right. Right. The Pennsylvania wilds, as far as trails go, are, are some of the most difficult I've been on, but mm-hmm. um, by yourself, 
man, is, is this whole <laughs> demon. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we got, I think three, three more questions. So flip side of that, if you could nail down one moment on the trail, that was like the pinnacle best moment ever. Is there something oh. that comes to your mind real quick? It doesn't oh, have to be God. a race. It could be a trail experience or maybe, um, um awesome view or something. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, I, I would say this past summer, um, my roommate from college um, and her husband and I, the three of us were always big hikers in college. We knew each other. So summiting Mount Washington, I had never climbed it. And just that whole, you know, especially this year when everything was so hard, right, to get together yeah. and to see each other. So that was just a really special moment. And it was clear. I could see. So I didn't wow. even get the full experience. I got like the crystal <laughs> clear day. So that was just trail magic, right? Like to be, able, awesome. to be with people you love on top of a mountain, like that's been on your list. Yeah. Just, so, so great. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Last two questions are kind of looking ahead. What is, what are, you can name one or a couple either races or trail experiences on your bucket list, things that you definitely oh. want to do. Well, I, I don't, you have to remember, uh, remind me of the name, but the, that thing in the Adirondacks that's like, kind of like the Great Traverse, oh, but that's the extra. The Bob was Marshall. It? I was actually yes. going to message you um, and Kaylin <laughs> the other day, and I'm going to do that this week about it. I'm, I'm very seriously considering booking the camping for that right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I also want to do um, the Penny Loop. Mm -hmm. um, and um oh on my list is i'm i'm signed up to do the ragged stage race which is okay. it's, it's um 75 miles um broken up over three days i've just never it's in new hampshire um awesome. i think it's just gonna be a fun experience haven't done the three days in a row of of long mileage so it would be fun that's awesome yeah. yes bob marshall you know what kaylin just popped in the chat she said yes please so yes let's let's follow up Good. after this and nail that down <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. And then final question is, you know, 2021, probably just as uncertain as 2020 in terms of races, but is anything on your horizon for the next year? Uh, but, oh, I am signed up for Cayuga 50 miler. Um, yes. it's, it's carried over from last year. So it's, yep. that's, um, I think it's Memorial day weekend. So that should be fun. And again, that ragged race, and I, I'm just going to take it like, you know, yeah. month by month and really just try to focus on what I am in control of. So kind of like doing more of the cat skills, um, exploring some of the Adirondacks and getting back to New Hampshire and, mm. you know, just being out there. Right. And totally hopefully some fast packing, backpacking, whatever. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's the best, you know, we're in, I say this all the time you know, I love to travel, um, but we've really been blessed this last year. There's so many awesome trails within yeah. driving distance from oh, yeah. know, where we're at here in North Jersey. I actually realized like, you know, I used to drive two hours to go to the beach and then I realized I lived two hours from the Catskills. So why don't I just drive there? For right. <laughs> so I started doing that this summer, which is something I like, I don't know why it took me that long to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like that I could just drive there in a day. So now I started <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Uh, it's so beautiful there too so it really is it is um okay jess this has been great thank yes. you so much you've been so gracious with your time sharing your stories and knowledge so much great information i'm excited for people to either watch the replay or catch the uh the recording on our podcast yeah. so um i do want to mention if 
if what you've heard tonight sounds interesting and you're thinking, I want to volunteer, you can definitely start with New York, New Jersey Child Conference. Their website is nynjtc.org. And I think Don had dropped it in the chat. If you just do a slash volunteer or go to their homepage, there's a volunteer link right up front. Um, you can reach out. Don Weiss is super approachable. He's active on social media. You can reach out to him. And of course, to Jess, you know, she yep. can connect you with people and I would be happy to connect you with as well. We are, um, again, looking forward to 2021. I've been working with the South Mountain Conservancy. We're going to start organizing some more of the virtual plogging events. So it doesn't have to be at South Mountain. Um, I know Jess participated and um, virtually, so you can go to your favorite trail and just do some uh, trail cleanup. Yeah. So Jess, thank you again so much. Thank you. Yeah, it was this fun. Was, it was great, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. All right, guys. So um, if you want to learn more about Sasquatch Trail Running, you can go to our website, sasquatchtrailrunning.com. We're very active on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Again, we've got a few spots left for our race this weekend over at um, Ramapo. You can sign up for that on ultrasignup.com. All right. So until we see you again, keep it squatchy.